0: This is Agents Influence Podcast.
1: Even the first year or so within claims, it wasn't, it wasn't a passion, but then I spoke about the claim that changed my life and it was a fatality accident where a woman lost her husband and that claim man changed my life and I knew how much impact I had on others' lives. So I kept doing my thing. Where I am today at Social Survey, they are all about helping agents and carriers using the voice of their customers to help further market the agents and carriers. And I was like, man, what better way to continue on my path
0: I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. Hey, 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 hey! How are you doing out there, loyal listeners? Welcome to another podcast with me, Jason Cass, and this is Agents Influence because we're going to have a conversation today with John Bachman of Social Service, or Social Survey, excuse me. But uh, before we do that, and before I introduce you to him, I want to take a, just a second to all you loyal listeners out there. Now, I want to let you know that we are starting to, we will have full plans. I want to give you a little update here on AI Brainshare real quick. AI Brainshare 2020, um, it is going to be going off. I'm thinking probably the last week in September or the last week in October. All details will be clearly given. And defined by 1-1 of 2020. And uh, we will open up registration uh, the first Monday in February, and it will be open. And it's probably going to sell out because last year did. I'm also, it's an invite only event. So if you're a mastermind member, you automatically get an invite. So they usually take up around 50 to 60 of the seats. And I've got 20 seats for my sponsors, which are the people who make the event happen. And so if you kind of do some rough math there, I've only got like 30 seats and I've got a list of 50 people that I'm going to call and I'm going to invite. If you want to be one of those people, because maybe you are one of those people and maybe you're not, I'm being serious. If you know me very well, you're probably on the list. If you don't, you're probably not. But if you go to AIbrainshare.com, go to AIbrainshare.com and put your name on the list so that I make sure that I get to see you. And if you are available and if there is seats left, I will let you know. But we're only going up to 100. And I will let you know that we're not going to Nashville. There's a small chance that it could possibly be something like South Carolina, Charleston, or maybe even we're thinking about Denver, Colorado. But there's a great chance it's going to be Puerto Rico. But I just don't know to be able to tell you. But all details will be coming out um, one, one of 2020, you can go to aibrainshare.com right now and you can get on the wait list. And if you also, you can buy the, uh, the master or the recordings from 2019 as well. So there you go. There's your little AI brain share snippet for 2020. It's going to be legit. Go there. AIbrainshare.com Click on waiting list, put your name and put your information in, and then I'll for sure be able to know that you are interested. Now, let's get back to what we're here about, conversations with me with the one and only John Bachman. John, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic, Jason. How's everything with you, my friend? Very, very, very good. And what's funny is, is right now, you loyal listeners, any of you guys uh, check out LinkedIn a lot. You're probably hearing John's voice and you're thinking, I've heard that voice before. And that's because he's got the voice that he does in front of the videos. You know, he (laughs) interviews people. He does a great job. But anyway, so no, I, uh, John, I thoroughly enjoy your videos, man. And, you know, when people like yourself start coming out with these videos and this outreach to agents and whatever your positioning may be i always got to step back and say okay let's watch and see how this this pans out right let's it's not so much about you it's more about your message and your intent right your your intent of doing good for agents or your intent for doing good for your business and so as i've kind of watched you john i've started kind of breaking it down and and your commitment and the and the ways you do your videos and the locations you do in the videos and the people that you're trying to get their input from, I'm thinking this man has no intentions because I think that the best intentions come from those who have none. They just want to make a difference. And John, you seem like that type of guy. And that's why I've reached out to you just because I think uh, – insurance nerdery is you, and I think you're legit. So welcome to our show.
1: Man, I, I appreciate that. That means a lot hearing that uh, because, like you said, there, there really is no intent. It's really about talking about the industry that I love and uh, just sharing different thoughts that I, I come into, come to interact uh, on a daily basis. So if I'm able to talk about it, I love sharing the message and uh, teaching more about, like I said, the the industry I love.
0: That's good. Cause I do too. Big, deep love affair. I tell you what, I love God. I love my family and I love the insurance industry. Cause I say it's the greatest industry God ever created. So that's what I say all the time. And I really, truly mean it. So here's, let's get down to the meat of this. Are you an iPhone or are you a Droid user? iPhone. All right. Started to like you starting to yeah. die, starting to die. It's okay. Well,
1: everybody has their own opinions. Sometimes yours are wrong, Jason.
0: Ah, Yes. Yes, John. Yes. That's what I like, throwing jabs back. And I didn't even have time to go to the side. You popped me there. I like that. I like that. So do you love to win or do you hate to lose? You know what? I love to win. Love to win. Love to win. More than you hate to lose. Absolutely. Because they kind of go together, but you're going to go on the win side. They do, but
1: I see it more as a positive. I want to focus on what I can do rather than what the other person can do against me. So that's why I get more mm. as a positive, how I can impact my winning.
0: Mm. I like that, John. That was good. It's more about you controlling what you have control over when that helped. Ah, I like that. John, I John. You, I, I,
1: don't get me wrong. I hate losing. And that's from growing up in, in the 80s up here in Boston. I know you're probably thinking, oh, yeah, Boston real tough with sports. Hell, after 86 with the Celtics, uh, my childhood sucked. <laughs> Uh our teams were awful. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's a lot of truth to that. Uh, there's a lot of truth to that. The Red Sox, though, in the 2000s have been pretty damn good. You know what I mean? They've been pretty pretty damn good. So
1: Hell, I, every team has been damn good since 2001. That's absolutely.
0: That's actually a true point. And to be honest with you, if there's anybody in the world, John, who, who's sour about this, it's a, it's, a, it's a guy like me in Southern Illinois. Literally, I can drive five to 10 minutes and I can see the arch in full view. I I mean and then St. Louis and our clashes, right? With our with the Bruins this year and the Patriots and the Rams in the years past and the Cardinals and the and the Red Sox. I mean, our our uh, our cities have been pretty intense over the last 20 years being success, successful together, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, even if you go way back to like the last Bruins Stanley Cup prior to the one in 2011, it was in 72 and that was against
0: St. Louis as well. Son of a bitch. Yeah. See, you next history right Dropping yeah. history. Boom, dropping them. <laughs> if there was only two things in the world, there was only two things that you could say, I'm here today because of these two things, which one would you equate more to your success? Skill or luck? Uh, I'm going to have to say skill
1: because I don't really believe in luck. I think luck is a component of opportunity and preparation. Um, so I'm going to have to say skill. Okay, fantastic. Very it, similar. It, to be honest, well, I don't think I'm that skillful. I, it's more a matter of I I do things and I keep doing them yeah, like the whole video. I don't think I'm great at the video. It's just I, I went out there, I tasted and I kept doing it. And mm-hmm. I still don't think I'm that good, but I, I always want to learn from what I'm doing and improve.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, and I I think that you're good because I think you're genuine because you're you're very you can tell that uh you I don't know you personally, right? If I knew you personally, I could give you better critique, but but like sometimes it's like you're not a very funny guy, but you're actually really funny on video. If that makes <laughs> sense, right? I don't know you personally, right? I don't know you personally, so I can't say that that's true or not. But what I'm saying is is it seems like you're just kind of a you're a claims guy. You told me that before. I mean, claims, you guys, people are you people are different, John. You know, I mean, we need you, but you're a little bit different at the way you look at insurance in the world. And so I think some of that kind of comes out in your video. And this is all positive. I'm being serious yeah. when I say this. I think it comes out in your video. And once again, I've been watching your videos and this is the reason why you are here now because if I didn't think that they were great and I didn't think you had the sole purpose of trying to help this industry move forward, then 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 you wouldn't be here. So I appreciate uh, you taking your time to come with us. No, John, they're, 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 well, honestly, not to cut you off, but that means a ton because I know the people you chat
1: with. And you speak with the, the movers and the shakers out there and to even be wrapped up with a, a couple of those people. Man, I it, I'm without words. I really am.
0: Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. And, and I'm not even going to joke. I do work hard for this and I want to do my best to connect the best people in the industry, um, before I, I'm done with my time. Uh, cause then I've got other things to do. Um, like, uh, like, you know, just like, fish John i'm not even a fisherman I think I'm gonna fish when I retire i think that's my main thing anyways that's another thing see how we can get off on topics what I want to yeah. do is i want to know about you John John have to tell chat us about fishing another time man because that's something we could
1: definitely chat about for a few hours
0: but i'm a <laughs> i think I want to go i want to be a, an ocean fisherman you know what I mean? That's where I think that'll be different. Anyways, long, well, that's another story. Well, John, I'll bring you back on and we'll talk all about that stuff. But tell us about you. Take us back, Dice Burst, high school, college, however far you want to go back and bring us forward to tell us where you are today. Yeah,
1: I think the best place to start is probably back in 'O two. That's, that's a good place to, to bring us back and how it ties back into insurance as well. At that time, I was working for a college women's basketball team, worked for them for four years. And my goal in life was to be an assistant coach at the D1 level and have a radio show on the side. And that's the only thing wow. I wanted to do. And then uh, the head coach I worked for, yeah, it's a little known story. And uh, the head coach I, I worked for, uh, her contract was non-renewed. So at that point, I was like, damn, what, what the hell am I go- going to do? and really had no direction in my life at that point, because I was like, there's no stability in in college athletics. And do I really want to keep going down that path? So I basically took several months off and was just uh, living off of savings and whatnot. And a buddy of mine happened to work in a mailroom for an insurance carrier. And he said, you know what, speak to the temp agency that works with them. Maybe you can get in and work at the mailroom. Well, Unlucky at the time, but lucky for me, they didn't have a spot in the mailroom, but they they got me in a, a claims department, and uh, I was just a payment processor and a part-time receptionist at this carrier, and I, I I really had no passion for insurance at that point. It was it was a job. I got a paycheck, and I it was enough money to right. buy my beers over the weekends. So it worked out perfect. But then as the years went by, I, I got. Uh, I became a full time adjuster and, and was doing my thing. And even the first year or so within claims, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a passion. But then I um, a, a video I just released actually the other day, I, I spoke about the claim that changed my life. And it was a fatality accident where a woman lost her husband and that claim man changed my life. And I knew how much impact I had on others lives. Uh, so I kept doing my thing uh, working as an adjuster for many years. Then I moved into leadership roles, uh, working for two carriers. And then, um, also started, uh, doing customer experience project management and, um, overseeing survey teams. And then I, on the side, I was doing some speaking engagements and writing articles. And I I hate the term thought leadership. Um, but I was Mm -hmm. doing things that people refer to as that. And, um, It just opened some doors and where I am today at Social Survey, uh, we met up at a conference that I was speaking at and they are all about helping agents and carriers using their customers voice, the uh, the voice of their customers to help further market the agents and carriers. And I was like, man, what better way to continue on my path? And the corny phrase I came up with was uh, my passion is helping people help people the more that I can help agents help their clients or help adjusters help their customers, the more fulfilled I feel. So that's
0: basically where it brings me up to speed today, Jason. Tell me about that. Uh, Tell me, tell me about that, that claim that changed you. Yeah.
1: So um, it was a husband and wife. They were borrowing their son's um, fancy sports car and uh, the husband was driving and he was, uh, he, he was, he was hot dogging a bit and was testing the limits of the car. Lost a little bit of control, and when he was losing control, they were they were passing by uh, a railroad track. Not that a train came by or anything, but he hit the track just right. It sent the car in the air, flipped over, uh, did some serious damage. He died instantly, and uh, wife. She suffered pretty bad uh, fractures to her neck. She was in a halo for for a bit, actually a lot longer than she should have been uh, just because the healing was bad. And so it was a tough, tough accident, but I dealt with fatality claims before that. But what happened is when I was speaking to her on the phone, it's like we developed a friendship and a relationship. And I was a young punk kid and I, I knew what I was doing and I, I, I would say I was a good adjuster, but at that point it was more like human level, man. And um, yeah, we just had some crazy deep conversations where the first time we chatted, she spoke about how she didn't remember everything, but could remember that her husband was lying there dead next to her as oh. they were trying to get her out of the car. Oh. And, and then months down the road, cause I'd speak to her all the time doing my normal check-ins, but it was a lot more than that. It wasn't a two-minute conversation to make sure the bills were coming in. We we were just chatting to see how each other were doing, and she shared with me stories like how she was an avid camper, and her whole family was, and I'll never forget, um, I can still hear her voice saying it, of Columbus Day weekend was their big uh, camping weekend where they would all go away, the entire family, and she said, you know, John, I'm never going to go camping with my husband on Columbus day weekend ever again. And I was like, mm-hmm. Jesus, man, that it, it still mm-hmm. right now that like to hear, I can hear her voice. Mm-hmm. It it was so powerful. And, and really that's when I was like, you know, insurance isn't just paying medical bills. It's not paying for the car damage. It's not doing all that other stuff. It's, you know, I'm impacting somebody's life and yeah. I have that power to make it a great experience or I can just go through the motions like I did other claims, but uh, yeah, that that was a big claim in my life. Yeah. Wow. Wow.
0: Roughly when about the, was that?
1: You know what? I I try to remember. It's, it's like 2004,
0: 2005. Somewhere around early 2000s. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's good. That's good. And, and so, you know, it's those things like that and we, we all have those things that impact is some of us have many of them, some of us have few, but it's those things like that, that, you know, that did, that moved the, the chart of your life that moved the angle a little bit, you know, you kind of went a different direction, maybe, maybe small, maybe large, but it's kind of like shooting off a gun. You know, you can be, you can be a little bit off the target. But if that target's way far away, you're gonna miss it by a mile, right? right. And I think it's the same thing. It's those little bitty things that we finally hit where it's like boom and it transfer and it's until we hit that next car target, it could be monumental as to how those things change in our life and and help our help our life grow. Um, I really do believe that. And obviously you're living proof of that. And so, and so now today you are at social survey, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so, and so how long have you been there?
1: Uh, since February this year.
0: February this year. And so tell me exactly what, what, what it
1: is you're doing there. So it's, I, I'm selling for the company, which was a, a shock anyways, when I met up with them and, and we started having our conversations uh, back at the end of, Last year, I was speaking to the CEO, Scott Harris, and he said, why don't you come sell for me, John? Because we were talking about the platform and how he blew me away. It's, it's something I've never seen before. And he said, you know, come sell for me. And I thought he was crazy at the time. And he said, no, John, you sell relationships. And that's that's what we need here uh, to grow in insurance. And basically what it is, it's a like I said earlier, it's a customer feedback and marketing automation platform. So we collect feedback from customers. And then we separate out the happy from the unhappy. The happy people, we share it all over the internet. And the unhappy people, we divert it back to the company, the agency or the carrier. So they're aware of the problem and that they have ways to get after it and fix that problem. And and really the goal to get them back to being happy customers as well.
0: Interesting. Okay. I was just curious. Yeah. I was just curious. So what made you, and if anybody wants to check that out, feel free to check it out. I, um, I haven't used it. I've never even done a demo, but I'm bringing John on here for, for a couple of reasons and um, you should at least know what he does today. So there it is. John, let me ask you this. So what was your reasoning for using video? Like whenever you decided like when was that you said that you wanted obviously this is has to do with a little bit of the background that you wanted to have a radio show, and I know video and radio are two different things, but they they kind of correlate into the fact that if you like radio, you like video, if you like video, you probably respect radio. Am I wrong or right about that
1: yeah you know you're you're right that it, looking back at it, it makes a lot of sense, but no, uh really what it was. It, it all stems back to which other people will say things like this too is the 5am club. And, and really it was Hanley yeah. it really pushed me because I, uh, I started getting a, a lot more involved with agencies. Again, I was working at, at a carrier at the time. And one of my big pushes was trying to improve the relationship between claims folks and, and agency folks, because a lot of the times at carriers, it's the marketing reps, it's the underwriters that are interacting with agencies but agents are selling the claim service. That's really the only thing that agents are selling is that when something bad happens, claims folks are going to be there and they're going to do a great job. Right. So why the hell aren't we more involved? So I, I started getting more involved and, and did some consulting work with some agencies. And, and then all of a sudden I, I'm, I'm watching Hanley rock out all his video. And I'm like, man, what better way to talk about who I am and, and what I'm doing and, and the missions I'm on than video. And just a little bit of pushing from them in that group, whether it be uh, Hanley or, or Sid Rowe and, and, and some of the others, it, that's really what pushed me to do it. Right. And I said, you know what the hell, let's, let's try this out. And it just worked out well. And um, actually at Hanley's conference in Cleveland, a couple of years back, I had an interesting trip getting out there and he singled me out and I think him singling me out and me just starting video about the same time is really what kind of lit the fire.
0: That's cool. See another one of those moments.
1: See? Well, I, I, I will say that that moment, that right there was the turning point in my life. And I don't know if you know much about it, Jason, but what happened was I was heading out to Cleveland I live up here north of Boston, but I was flying out of New Hampshire. My flight, my connecting flight to Philadelphia got canceled. And there was no way I was going to be able to get into Cleveland before Hanley's keynote. So I said, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to drive. So I drove 10 hours out there. And um, when I decided at the airport, I called up my wife and I said, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. And she's like, all right, I'm going to pack up the kids. And we all went. So it was a, a crazy family story there. Wow. Drove for ten hours. I ran in the Hanley and Sid in the at the front desk area as I'm walking in after the ten hour drive. He was just getting out of the gym, and he was like, "Dude, what the hell are you doing?" And I said, "I I just got here. Just drove in," and uh, yeah, the rest is history, man. Wow, ha. yeah.
0: Got yeah. in the car and drove. Wow.
1: Yeah, life changing moment. It's it's <laughs> it's one of those things, like you said, firing the gun. It's whatever decision you make is going to
0: impact your life and Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of controlling it as much as you can. That's right. That's right. That's right. Wow. That's great, man. That is, uh, that is super. Are you ready to transform the way your business communicates? Look no further than Lightspeed Voice the ultimate solution for insurance agencies seeking a seamless communication. I've used them for over eight years. I'm telling you, what I'm reading is the truth. Picture this, crystal clear calls, advanced features, unparalleled, flexible, tailored, just, for you. That's Lightspeed Voice. Tired of drop calls and outdated systems? Lightspeed Voice has your back. Say goodbye to communication hiccups and hello to a new era of efficiency. I love that. Boost productivity with features like call recording, voice to email, and effortless call transfers. Work from the office, from home, or on the go. Lightspeed Voice keeps you connected wherever your business takes you. Don't worry about the transition. Our dedicated support and onboarding teams will guide you every step of the way. Make the switch to Lightspeed and join the ranks of satisfied insurance agency owners like me experiencing the power of seamless communication. Ready to elevate your agency? Visit lightspeedvoice.com or call 877.97VOICE to schedule your free demo. Lightspeed Voice. We're more than just talk. Cass approved. That is, uh, that is really, really super. And so, I mean, and so has it worked for you? I mean, you've got, you've followed, you've got a little following. I mean, obviously it leads into, you know, I, I always like to say, no one cares how much, you know, until they know how much you care. I was told that, um, early, early, I think I was at a rotary meeting, like in 2002 when uh, my main mentor told me that, and he said, no one cares how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Now that saying has been around for a while. And the reason why it has been is because it still holds true into what you're doing. Right. So you may not necessarily be using it. um, You're using it in a fashion to say, Hey agents, we should be part of the story. Hey, here's our story. How can we help? How can we be part of the story? So we're all working together and it's letting people know that like you care. Right. And now that we know that you care, now we want to know what you do. Right, No one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think that now is part of one of the reasons why you're on here. And I think you're really resonating. And you started with some great people, the 5 a.m. club, which is very, very territorially – I can't – I don't know the word. Like it's – it's um it's it's a very unfair time okay because that, that means it's four where I'm at and if you're trying to get in on this and you're on the Pacific time I mean you're like two in the morning club that can't be that way you know so it's like you almost have to have a 5 a.m club for every time zone and no one ever created yeah. one in the central time zone and I just didn't want to
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, that's and I know that's where it, it got its roots, but it's really never been about the time. I, I I, yes, I will say it originally was about the time because that's how those agents got together chatting about it. But it's so much more than that. It's the like-minded people just holding each other accountable for uh, the goals they're setting for themselves and and mm-hmm. just push, pushing each other to the next uh to the next level.
0: Yeah. No, it was. I I love that group. It was so big that when people like Jeff Roy would talk about it across America about groups that he learns and inspires from, he would have the 5am club and it was like, this isn't even a real thing and it's getting publicity on high levels. I think CNN covered it for a a couple minutes. It was pretty big. And so, but anyways.
1: I I always think it's funny where I'll get like a DM on Twitter saying, Hey, how do I join?" And it's like <laughs> there's no joining, right? Right. It's not a, a quote-unquote real club.
0: Yep. No. Nope. <laughs> Just get up and tweet with us. I mean, that's a. Uh, it gets pretty. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, so, turning uh, talking about our boy Handley. So, the word is out there is that he's had a career change. You hear anything about that?
1: Yeah, it looks like uh, the boy's back in town, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really happy about that. I really truly am. Yeah, I'm
1: I'm excited about it, man. Because you know what, it, for there's a lot of people that have impacted my life quite a bit, and especially in my career trajectory and whatnot. And and he's definitely one of those people. And I I don't know, man. He's you're speaking about people being genuine, authentic. I don't think there's anybody more genuine or, or authentic. And he's always looking to help other people out. Like he was helping me out before I even we knew each other. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. so I, I love that guy, man. And, and great to see him back.
0: Well, and I gotta be honest with you, I've been friends for a while, so I'm just going to tell you, honestly, he's an asshole. Okay. He's yeah. a true asshole. So I hope he's listening, but no, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it, it's, it's, um, the, the, I'm happy for it because I think he's in his right place. I'm not saying he couldn't have been a scientist. I don't think not saying he couldn't have been as an astronaut or somebody who works at Walmart and I'm I'm not downing or playing up any of those. I'm just saying he could have been a lot of things, but since he started so young and has roots so deep in an industry, it's it, it it's like um it's kind of like um it's like creating your own trust with somebody, right? Your own brand. I mean, that that takes a long time to develop. And then he was so natural, so great, so inspiring, like you're talking about, John, that he came from a position of, 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 of I can't think of the right word. I'll use the word power. That's not the right word. He came from a position of where people trusted him and knew that he was in that fight. And I think that, that's just something that he could have learned. Like he went to metabolic. I think in 20 years, 10 years, he would have had the same clout there. There's no doubt. Cause that's just who Ryan is. But man, I mean, it's just so much, I don't want to say easier. It's just, this is the right industry for him. Not only that with his wife and, you know, and her bat and, you know, she's in the industry and, and I think we missed him because there's been, there's been, I have said this many times on my, on my podcast that there is a vacuum right now for outreach and leadership in the insurance industry i think that there has been some small pockets maybe my voice maybe the insurance guys podcast i'm trying uh, insurance nerds but there's real been no defining definite voice like Ryan was. You know, you always saw his videos. You always saw, read his blog posts. You could hear his compassion for what he was doing. And I just think that that, that is one of the things that's really important when that that I feel as if we're going to slowly start to get that back. But who's also to say that he doesn't get hired as a CEO making $600,000 a year for a Fortune 500 company next next week because right. – there comes a point in time, it's where like, I think personally, and, and, him, and I have, him and I have talked so much in the last month, it's been ridiculous. And I have told him, this is it. I mean, this is what I've told him, friend to friend. I said, no one can tell you like I can tell you. I said, start, you create your own pl- platform, do your own thing, and 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 you be your best employee. Don't be somebody else's best employee anymore, because they obviously don't understand who you are and the value that you bring. That, well I, I
1: I absolutely agree with you he's one of those and I'm not going to say rare I, I don't know if that's the right word both of us are struggling for the right words talking about him right but he he needs to be uh, the captain of the ship he doesn't need top-down control over him and that's where his message is going to resonate so much more when it's coming straight for him from him um, unimpeded so I'm excited mm-hmm. to see where it goes from I here. Am too. I it, 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 man, uh Man, like you mentioned, metabolic as well. And there was no doubt he was, he was going to succeed there and, and do the things he normally does everywhere else. But think of all the people that were following on the metabolic podcast and, and the mm-hmm. videos that he was doing. More than half the people were insurance people just seeing what the hell he's doing.
0: That's right. No, he is. And he's so inspiring in everything he does. And that's why right now I've noticed a lot of the positioning and the writing he's been doing has been from a neutral standpoint of business, right? Because a lot of these concepts are – Business concepts. Now we can manipulate those to insurance reasons, but, but I, I, I. Um, so once again, here's what I'm going to say, and I think you agree. The industry only got better by him being here. It definitely didn't get worse or stay the same. So that's that's the good part. I agree, and I always had a feeling he was going to come
1: back, and all the discussions I'd have on on the side about him as well. That was always uh, the feeling too. Is this is a short time? He's going to be back. We love him. He loves us.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and not only that, who lost out in this was metabolic. I, I hate to say that, but that's just the way that it is. So, um. but anyways, anyways, back to that. So, so 2020, we'll end with this. We'll wrap it up with this. 2020, John. I mean, yeah. mother beeping 2020, right? Like, remember being younger? You talk about those 80s. Remember being younger in the year 2020, you know, you know, it, it was it's it's here, dude. Like it's gonna be here in a couple months. Is this? Am I the only person out there thinking, "Son of a bitch, it's 2020." Well,
1: it it blew my mind when Back to the Future Two, uh, when he was supposed to go to the future in Jaws 18 and all that crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's already passed. That's yeah. was 2015. That's, yeah, that's yeah. Blind, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, yeah, it, it it's mind blowing, man. To, to think of. Uh, yeah, the eighties were friggin' forty years ago, man.
0: <laughs> right. It's it's dude, it's um yeah, it's it's really, really, really crazy um how fast time's going. And I think uh, John, how old are you? Uh, I'm going to be forty next year. I'm an eighty baby. Yeah, okay, okay. Oh, okay, forty. So okay, yes. Uh, so you're an you're an exennial. You're an exenial. They don't know what to call us, man. They, we're smack
1: dab in the middle of X and millennial. I I it's have- exennial. Yeah, I I have some of the goods, some of the bads from both sides. You know,
0: (laughs) no, and and I think it's more goods than anything. I think our shrinks are so huge. I believe it. Hanley and I talked about this when they came out with this article about axenials, like in 2017 or 2016. We sent it to each other, like in the same. It was like, oh my gosh, dude, I was thinking about this because him and I talked about this in 2011, 2012. It it's not that we were anything special, John. It's just Mm -hmm. that we seemed as if a lot of the things we'd come up with people, a lot of people would be like, oh yeah, that seems cool, but they really wouldn't adopt it. And then like three, four, five years later, that was like the cool thing. And so we kind of noticed that we were like a little bit ahead and then we would be like, you know, we kind of see the older generation and their thoughts and their wisdom and understand it. We really do. But at the same time, I understand like these these young brats you know kind of keep in mind that was the, these these kids that are 30 years old today were 20 when we were having this discussion right, right. And, and so I mean they they were really pushing the envelope and we kind of we kind of realized that and that's why I I really, I really th- – we talked about that in 2011, 2012 that, hey, there's this different generation. We're really not X. We're really not Xennials. And him and I used to talk about that. It was so funny. We had podcasts about that. And then now they come out with that article. And I think it is true because it says the separation between the two is, is that Generation X was born analog, raised analog. G- millennials were born digital, raised digital, as opposed to us, we were born analog, raised digital. And I think, and I think there's a lot of truth to that, you know, because, because when I was one and two years old, I wasn't playing video games. You know, I wasn't playing on, 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 iPads and iPhones and still don't play on iPhones, droids. And, you know, and so, so, you know, we, we don't, we, 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 we weren't doing that. But by the time 85, 86 came and I was eight, nine and 10. Yes, we were right. We were playing Super Mario Brothers. Like it was going out of style, you know,
1: let's drop some more history at you. 35 years ago last week is when Nintendo made it here. It was 1984, and it was last week of when it, it showed up here.
0: See? Boom. Boom. <laughs> it's, it's all it's all about the timing. Now, see, I don't want to go back to this, John, but I've talked about it in the prior podcast. One of the uh, good book to read is one called The Outliers. Yes, loyal listeners, I'm not going to go there again because I did a diatribe on this on the last podcast. But it talks about being uh, uh, and being born. Being born has so much to do with your success. It's ridiculous. And I talk about it in there, John, about in the book when they talk about um, most uh, uh, tech people are born between the age of 54 and And fifty eight, all the major tech people, all the 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 giants, and the reason is is because when they were going into college between sixty eight and seventy two is when most compute most um, colleges were getting mainframe computers, so most of them had ten thousand hours on a computer before most people even knew what the word computer was, right? So that's why they had that advantage, and so it goes back to this, and I know this plays into favor because John, you you're totally it. Hanley is on the is on the short side of it because he is. 38. He's getting ready to turn 38, and so he's on the on the young side of it. And I know it about uh, probably a year or two older than me. There's a couple people that I know, but what's amazing is is when I get to people who are 45, 46, 47, and above, they totally think like the older generation, right? If I get to the, if I get to the people in my life that are 33, 32, 31 and below, they totally think like the younger generation, but that 33, 34 to about 42, 43 area, that's an area where it seems like those people I think are going to be very highly successful throughout their whole life because of where they were born. I really truly believe that. And I see it. In the people that I associate with a, a lot, would would you agree or disagree? What would you say? No, and,
1: I, I absolutely uh, agree, and, and it really comes down to that whole—it's the uh, the birth lottery. Like, <laughs> uh, not to go on a Gary V uh, tangent here, but like he said, we were lucky enough to be born now. That's right. It, And because we're born now, we have so much access to information or or access to things that other people don't have. So we're extremely lucky, but we have to make sure we're doing something um, with that opportunity as well. Just taking it for granted is not going to be, make you a success. You have to take that as an advantage and use it.
0: Yeah. And, and, and the opportunity, that's what he's also referring to. That right. opportunity that is here right now. People say to me all the time, like, "Man, you're doing this, you're doing that." And I'm like, "Because there's stuff that's got to get done, and no one's doing it. So I got to get out there, right. and we got to do this, you know." And and it's and it's and there's so many young people, so many people my age, so many veterans that are sitting around saying, "Man, there's that's just not like it used to be. There's no opportunity." And the thing is, is is the opportunity looks different. Right. Like like what they teach marketing in colleges today, when that kid graduates from that college with a marketing degree and they come into my agency, they've got about 20 percent of the experience and the tools and the resources been taught the resources that I need for them to be successful. They don't teach them how to do what you're doing on video. They don't teach them how to make Facebook or Google ads and why SEO is important. They they hint on that stuff, but I'm talking about actually creating this stuff and creating stuff that is marketing in 2020.
1: Well, first of all, the, the life experiences, at least I've seen in my life, are so much more valuable than the in-room, in-class in, in, room, in, in class lessons that you learn True. in my uh the second piece is it's about capitalizing on that opportunity. When I first started doing the video work, people started referring to me as, quote unquote, the claims guy and that I was the voice of claims and all of this crazy stuff. The only reason that was the case is because nobody else in claims was talking about it. Yeah, no. Still right now, there are very few people that talk about a life in claims it, and why I, I uh, still want to talk about it in it. I'm so passionate about it. Even though I'm not on the claims side any longer, I still have a lot of passion for it over there and, and believe it should be a career destination for some folks. But if nobody else is talking about it, young people don't know that. And that's why I want to make it a point to, to keep telling the stories. And hopefully at some point, more and more people uh, will drown me out um, and it will just be the same old, same old. And the people will understand that it is a, a career destination. <sighs>
0: career destination this is one of the greatest destinations ever this is like yeah. it's like the bahamas of industries you know and i've never even been to the bahamas yet i've been to a lot of places i've been to the bahamas and they're a hop skip and a jump well you guys you guys on the agency side you you guys always get the credit over there but the the
1: people in claims man they they're the seen as the blue collars but there's so many good stories in there man and that, and those are the stories that we need to share too
0: yeah absolutely no without the claims yeah the That it's a, it's, 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 it's crazy because I love your, your motivation here, John, because the claim story doesn't get told enough. Right. And, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, this is just me. So maybe you've heard this before. Like when I talk to my comp, my clients about the company I have them with, I don't really ever talk about how good the claim service is. And the reason, the reason why is because like, all of my companies have good claim service. I mean, I have Erie. I think they have the best claim service in the world. I have Progressive. I think they have great claim service. I have Nationwide. I think they have great claim service. I mean, like I would insure myself with any of them and I would not be representing them if they didn't have good claim service. So for me to tell that to my customer is similar to me telling my customer, hey, we provide good customer service. Well, you're supposed to provide good customer service. You know, the claims better be good. That's what I'm expecting because everybody else is. To me, it's the experience that happens before they buy, the preventative measures we can give them in the middle segment of after they've bought till they have the claim, and then the after effects of if they have a claim to that being solved. Those three segments, I believe, creating that customer experience for that. But I believe in the sales side. Me personally, I have never mm-hmm. instructed my people to say, "Well, they have great claim service." With the exception of Erie, because they always win awards from like local newspapers and stuff um, every time a cat comes through for 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 winning awards for the best claim service and stuff like that. And so we do show that ever if it's asked. But am I wrong by Sorry. that, John? Am I wrong? You're not wrong
1: because I, I think you made a, a perfect point too, is that true 360 view of the, the customer as well. And their true experience starts from before they start buying from you all the way up until after they've purchased, when they've needed the claim service. That's the true experience. It's mm-hmm. not one signal at a time. It's everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all encompassing. So that, that's great that you're doing that. But I'm going to turn turn this podcast around on you and I'm going to ask you. you a question yeah. now. Uh, how often do you meet with the claims folks
0: of any of those carriers? When was the last time you met with the claims manager at Erie? Okay. Wow. Well, that's okay. With any of those other companies, I've never even met the claims manager. With Erie, I've been with them for two years and he's been in my, in my office twice just to introduce himself. And then the claims, my claims people- um, I know them on a personal level. This is really weird now that you're asking me this. I know my, I know my, my claims people like on a personal level with Erie. I don't know my, I don't have a personal relationship. They're usually either using an independent or somebody different mm-hmm. every time there's a claim. So
1: that's. But even knowing that, even knowing that component of they use an independent all the time, but they use ABC company. And I know. Sally over there at ABC Company, she's always quick on the phone, and and being able to share those stories with with your customer as well.
0: Ah, that's uh, a good
1: point. I, I think that's a huge component of it. Of when you're paying that, if something goes bad, something goes wrong, the company's going to be there, and the people are going to take care of you, which they're supposed to do. But are they going to take care of you because they're just running through the motions, or do they really care about getting you back on your feet? And they really care about making sure that any hiccups along the way that they're able to help you through those. John, you know
0: what? You just made me think of something and you're a claims guy. So I have said this about loyalty. When I'm trying to talk to my customers, I have said this probably a hundred times. Tell me if I'm wrong about this. Little listeners, you've never heard me say this. So I will try. I will be in the middle of a conversation somewhere in there and we're talking about loyalty. And when the customer will say something about loyalty, like, oh, yeah, no one's loyal anymore. And da da, da, da da what I say to them is, if the customer, if the companies usually are loyal, but they want to make sure that they're going to be loyal to people that are loyal back, that's all they're wanting to know, but they're all willing to be loyal. And let me give you an example of why I say that, Cindy. I will act like I'm talking to Cindy. Because Mm -hmm. I've seen insurance companies who pay claims. And I've seen a lot of these claims paid out. And 99.9% of the time, the company pays exactly like the policy says. There may be some discrepancy in what the agent said. But Cindy, they're going to pay the policy the way it says. That's just what they do. But I've also seen times where companies have paid over and above what they should normally pay. And I've kind of looked at those situations and realized upon talking to companies that when they look and they see a client's been with them for 8, 10, 15 years, they usually, they're always going to pay what they have to, but they're going to go above and beyond rather than seeing that person who changes their insurance every year. So loyalty does matter, especially at claim time. Is that a good thing to say or not, John?
1: Uh, I think it is. And I think it depends on when you're saying paying over and above. because I know I came from two carriers where it was all about the customer experience and we always erred on the side of, of the insured that that's just the way it was ingrained in me and I think that's why I, I, I fell in love with the customer experience end of things too is because it it was all about the customer and he, we always talk about how the gray areas in the policy we're supposed to err on the side of the insured but not every carrier does that true and and at the two carriers I work for, we absolutely did. It, if there was ever any question, it's, you know what, we need to take care of our customer. And it wasn't how long they were with us or 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 the loyalty piece. It was, you know what, it, they're our customer. They're paying for a service. And if we're questioning it, we shouldn't be. So we need to take care of them.
0: So Okay. Uh, All right. Cool. John, anything wrapping up? I appreciate you coming on here. I think we had a great conversation. Um, it, wrapping up, is there anything you want to say? Anything, if people want to reach out to you, where can they find you, all your channels, your outposts, let them know.
1: Yeah, if they want to find out about me, I'm, I'm all over social media. I haven't posted anything on TikTok yet, but I have an account, so you can find me on all of them. And then in terms of social survey, I know, Jason, you mentioned you haven't seen a demo yet. Hey, give me a ring and, and, and we can always walk you through a demo, but you can find info about us at social
0: com slash insurance. Fantastic. Hey, John, I really do appreciate it. Keep up that video work, man. And, uh, uh, once again, I'll do everything I can to let people know about you. And if you can let people know about us, because uh, we believe that we're, we're a platform with resources to help people. And I mean, if you, we encourage you, if you want to make a, 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 a blog for us or a video for us, we'll be more than happy to put it out to our channels because um, no one cares how much they know until you know how much you care. And we know you care. So we want to know what you know. Okay, John.
1: Hey, Jason, I really do appreciate it, man. This this has been an awesome time and uh, looking forward to more conversations with you in the future too.
0: Hey, everybody, I do what I do and I do it for you. This has been Agents Influence Conversations with Jason Cass. Tell me your thoughts, tell me your ideas, and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. I'm out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it.